Worship team, thank you very much. All done this morning. Bernard, um, I felt that God just gave me one word for you this morning, and that is breakthrough. That's the word God gave me for you. Michaela is going to bring breakthrough in your life. Thank you very much. Well done. But Bernard can also break through many things. So we'll, that's a discussion for another day. So Bernard... Receive that word, break through and see what Jesus is going to do. <clears throat> I didn't call you up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so, so yeah, Andre is going to be um, sharing the word for us this morning, but just before he goes into the word, you'll notice that somebody's not here this morning. Have you noticed who's not here this morning? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm, yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, No. <laughs> Roland and Patty is not here this morning. Andre and Nina is not here. Do you know where they're, they're not on leave? They're not on holiday. They didn't take a break. They went through to the other side of the Buddha Oscar. That's to Vustab. And so, we just in the morning, this morning in the prayer meeting, we prayed for them. So just so that you are aware, um, they're in Vustab, and uh, just keep them in your prayers as well, and that they, they will travel back safe this morning. All right. So just so that you are aware of that. So this morning. Andre is going to be sharing the word for us. We're all excited. Have all you got your seat belts on? You put your ice skates on? Not yet. He's going to show us now. Do that. All right. Good morning. Sure. Okay. Awesome worship, eh? And it's just a. Like always, adoption is always for me just this beautiful picture like Donnie also say, said. Like, of, like we, all of us, we're, we're adopted into God's family. And um, in a certain sense, we're not only, oh, not in a certain sense, actually the core of it is we're not just adopted. We don't stay adopted. We actually become children, like as if we were naturally born. Um, and it's, yo, that's beautiful. Um, well, I see a lot of new faces, so for those of you, I just want to introduce myself. Um, my name is uh, Joandre Fischer. I used to be a teacher, and by the R's, you can hear that I'm actually Afrikaans, so I always put that disclaimer out, so um, I will make mistakes, get over it, so that you can hear what the Holy Spirit says. Um, I'll do my best, though, but I think it's one thing that the Lord kept there, just to keep me humble and to, yeah... Yeah, so don't correct me afterwards, not while I'm preaching, please. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah, so last week we had the family kind of time together. What do we call it? What did we call it? Family day, we sat in little tables and we just shared life together. But before that, the week before that, Roland shared on the Father's heart and um, how our view of our earthly father, father can influence how we see God. And most of you know about this, but for me, that is especially true. I had a very, very strict earthly father. He got home after work 
he sat in his chair immediately when he came home and he sat in his chair. I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers or anything I was watching at the time. And then he would take the remote and, and there he would stay until it was supper time. And then afterwards he sat there again while we did the dishes and then kind of went for a shower and obviously then to bed. And so I learned very quickly that the way just to keep the peace in the home was just to not do anything to ruffle his feathers. Like just to, just to be there and kind of be like the mouse. Don't know about me. And so when I got saved, I had that same picture of God the Father. God the Father is the king in heaven. He sits on his throne. He doesn't have a remote in his hand, but he has like, I don't know, the universe in his hand. And so I thought like, I must just not make any waves. I must just be good, try not to do anything wrong, and God will be pleased with me. Only when I got, yo, this thing is very loud here. Hey? Sorry. <laughs> I'll stand here. It's better this side. <laughs> okay. Um, only, only when I got children that I actually really <laughs> realized what God is all about. Because, and I've said this before, if I know how much I love my little children, how much more does God love us? And the thing is, we don't have to tiptoe around God. We can be honest with Him. We can play with Him, like Roland said two weeks ago. We could enjoy Him. Um, I remember there were uh, one day, a couple of months ago, I think Linka was about four months old. I laid next to her on the bed, and I kind of I took her hands, her head in my hands like this. And I just looked at her and I realized God gave me a revelation in that moment. Said that she can get away with stuff that Clara can't get away with. Because obviously she's, she was four months at the time. She didn't do anything else apart from screaming, not screaming, crying, sleeping, drinking milk, and pooping. And apart from the smile now and then that I got, she didn't really do anything to, to bless my heart or to make me actually fall in love with her. It was just the fact that she's there and that she's mine. And, um, and so when, when we get saved, the Bible used the image of us, we need to be born again. And, they, and, they use, and Paul uses the, the image of... of being like a baby in Christ. And that's not derogatory, that's just a picture of when we get saved, God oversees a lot of stuff that we do wrong. And we can't really please God. He's so patient and so loving, so kind with us. But as we grow older, as we mature as Christians, we can actually come to a point where God says, okay, now, now, now I need to potty train you. You can't go on like this. Now we need to learn how to walk Okay, now we learn, oh, that's not the right order, first of all, okay. Um, but, but there's certain milestones. And if, we, if a child, if Linka doesn't reach those milestones, we would be worried, eh? And so with a Christian, if, if we, and it's not milestone, milestones, it's kind of just like as we mature. And if we as Christians don't mature, there's a problem. Uh, we can't be babies forever. 
Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3 and 5, he, 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 he writes to the church in Corinth, um, verse 4, going to start with verse 4, he says, um, And my speech and my message were not uh, implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And in, in the next chapter, he mentions, he refers back to, you can go to the, yeah, no, next one. Um, he refers back to that time where, when he spoke to them at first. And he said, um, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready yet. So we see in God's heart, there's a desire for us to grow into maturity. Maturity has got nothing to do with your age or how long you are a Christian. It is to do with, do you submit to God? Do you contribute to the family? Do you, do you allow yourself to be trained? And that's where, where I want to speak, um, <clears throat> start off this morning. Um, just a reminder, a while ago, Kevin Samuel the lead elder of, of Durbanville, the Durbanville congregation, he used an acronym. He also spoke about maturity, and he used an acronym. Can, can you remember that? Tian can't. Catch the out there, Tian. Um, CF, he used a number plate, CF. And he said the C stands for contribute, and the F stands for to fold. Contribute and fold. And so... As Clara grows more and more into maturity, she becomes more and more a part of our family as she contributes, as she cleans her room, as she takes her plate to the, to the zinc, as she, and as she matures, she will, there will be a lot of chores. I can't wait for that day. All right? Um, Jessica, that's why there's a, a, a list, a chore list, because um, your mom paid so much money for diapers, for formula. So that's actually payback. Now, we were there on Friday night um, having youth, and I saw on the fridge they were like the chores, like picking up the dog's mess, feeding the dog. I'm like, ah, oh, this is a great idea. <laughs> Going to start making my list now already. <laughs> All right. And so the, the fold part, the, the one aspect of the fold part that I want to uh, speak about this morning is actually to be discipled. Is, is, is discipleship, uh, to, come in, to come under somebody and be trained by that person. But I'll show you, I'll point out also this morning that discipleship goes both ways. It's not just you being discipled, it's actually you also discipling someone. And by discipling someone else, the Lord also does stuff in your, in your life, but we'll get there. So first, I'm going to get a little bit theological. I love that. And if this bores some of you, get over it. <laughs> no, this is very interesting for me. Like, I love this. Um, and yeah, just stick with me here. All right. Um, also, I need to point out, throw in a disclaimer there, that I'm not a Greek scholar. So I'll try my best to pronounce this Greek words. I've I've replayed them on YouTube a couple of times so that the pronunciation stick in my head. But if I don't get it right, please tell me afterwards and I'll try and do it better. 
All right, so the word disciple, the noun disciple, the person, Jesus' disciples or John's disciples, the word for that is mathetes. Mathetes is used 268 times in the New Testament. So it's quite a popular, not popular, used, a, a word that is used frequently. And that word means pupil, scholar, learner, student. All right, you get that. You almost get that picture of, you know that um, karate movies, the, the master and the, okay, so you get that, that picture. All right, and then the word, so the word mathetes derives from the Greek word manthano. Manthano, so you can hear the correlation between those. That is a word that is not used that much in the New Testament. It's only used 25 times in the New Testament. And it means to learn, to be informed, to increase in your knowledge, to learn by practice. In Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, we find that Jesus gives us a commission. He gave it to his disciples, but indirectly for us as well. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So there's two phrases or words that I want to highlight in that. You can keep it up. The one is make disciples, and in verse 20 is teaching. All right. So the word for make disciples is the word, this is a difficult one, mathetio. And can you hear the correlation? Mathetes, manthano, mathetio. There's a correlation. But the, the word in verse 20, remember I said, manthano means to teach, to learn. The word that's translated teaching in verse 20 is not manthano. It is didasco. I don't know the teachers from Andre. Didasco is where we get the word didactics from. And I can't remember from my student years, but that's, I think it's the practice of teaching. I think so. Am I? Am I? Okay. All right, so let me summarize this. The Greek word for disciple is mathetes, to learn in Greek in a certain in, in certain instances, is manthano, the act of making disciples is mathetio. But here we find also a word translated into English as teaching, and that is the word didasco. So there's two different words for teaching. And so now we have a conundrum. Now we need to decide which one is which. And does, I'm still on. Um, and <clears throat> stop playing around, Vaughn. <laughs> And so, so now we have to look at when are certain words used in the Bible. And it's the same like language, language are dynamic. It's not like this is only, there's only one word for a certain thing. You can take English, for instance. There's a lot of words that we use, different meanings. And so now we have to look, what is the actual meaning behind manthano? And what is the actual meaning behind didasco? And when do we use which one? And a very interesting thing, and this is, Something that you will do when, when you will, uh, do hermeneutics is the, the science of interpreting the Bible. So when you do it, you, you first look at the meaning of the word, and then you take the word 
into the context of where it is used. And because this statement is Jesus speaking, you look first of all at Jesus' life. And so the very interesting thing that I find very interesting is that, is that whenever the word didasco is used, it is used when Jesus spoke to the crowds or at the synagogues where there's a distance, a kind of a chasm between the speaker and the listeners. And wherever the word manthano is used is when he spoke to his disciples, where they sat around him, where they rubbed shoulders, where they learned from Jesus by being with him. Jesus walked in the road and he healed a leper. And they learned something of healing by observing Jesus and not by Jesus sitting them down and speaking to them. You get that? You understand that? All right. Interesting thing that I've realized is Jesus said, go and manthano, not go and didasco. And I think now I'm finished with the Greek. <laughs> Jesus said, go and make disciples. And he didn't say, go and teach the people. He said, make disciples. And then verse 20, teaching them. We can only teach people from a place of making disciples. And so this morning, I would like to speak about and, and I would like to point out eight principles of, of discipleship. Before I get, that, get there, I want to say to you guys, and I've written here, come leaders. I want to pick on you this morning, but I actually want to pick on parents. I want to pick on, even if you speak to someone at work about Jesus, don't ever just teach them. Don't ever didasco. Always make sure that there's a relationship. Always make sure that there's a closeness, there's a circle, there's a, a showing of love, caring, sharing meals, helping them move. Um, get down and be involved in the people's lives. All right. Beautiful thing to emphasize this and kind of to put the seal on what I'm saying this morning. We find in Mark 3 verse 14. Jesus goes and he appoints his 12 apostles. Look at those words. It's awesome. He said, and he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him. Didn't say so that he might teach them, so that, he might, so that they might be with him. There first needs to be a, we are being together. We are in a relationship. We are friends. And then we can teach each other. Hey? Amen. All right. We also know that we need to do this. Hey, why? Because Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we are called to follow the principle that Jesus showed to us. So I'm going to get really practical now. Nothing very, very spiritual about the next or the, the last part of my, of my teaching. If you take notes, Justine, there are eight points. Number one, as I said, discipling has two sides of it. It is, say for instance, take me, I'm in the middle. I must disciple someone, but I must also be discipled. And we are never, ever, ever too old or too mature in this life to be discipled by someone else. We can always learn, 
even if you are 100 years serving Jesus faithfully for 99 years, you can always, in certain areas, learn something from someone else. All right, so we need to establish that thing. But also, we need to disciple someone else. So the first point was, discipling goes both ways. The second one is you cannot disciple anyone else if you are not being discipled. We actually need to disciple someone by being discipled. All right. And I want to ask you this, guys. And I know when I got saved, um, I was kind of, okay, so they speak in church about discipling. But so who's discipling me? Nobody has approached me yet to disciple me. And if that's you, I want to tell you, please be front-footed. Please be front-footed. See, if I want to disciple Johan, I first need to take him out for a lot of coffees and build a relationship, and that takes time. And even then, I've spent all this money and time with him. I don't know if, I, if, if Johan wants me to disciple him. And so that's not an excuse. I still, I'm still going to do it. But it's just more effective and much easier for him to come to me and say, yeah, hey, Johan, let's go for coffee. I want to chat to you about something. Easy. We skip all the, the, what do you call it? Hey? No, we just skip all the, like, the, the dating phase. <laughs> if I can call it that, we could just dive straight into a relationship. Because <laughs> if he comes to me, I'm like, yeah, sure, man, obviously. All right. So be front-footed. Go to someone and say, hey, I need you to, to disciple me. And if there's a guy that says, no, I don't want to disciple you, please come to speak to one of our, us as the elders. <laughs> and they will, we will have some church discipline. Right, number three. <laughs> and we, then we'll disciple that person. <laughs> okay, the third one is um, all are called to disciple. Don't ever think that you're too young or too immature to disciple. Good example. Clara, very young. But you must see how she teaches the one that's younger than her. And I'm not, obviously I'm speaking about physical age, but also, in, so, so in verse, uh, in Luke uh, 10, the first two verses there, it says, After this, the Lord appointed, and that was Jesus, He appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of Him, two by two, into every town and place where He Himself was about to go. And He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus didn't wait for them to reach a certain level of maturity before He sent them out. One of those 72 actually betrayed Jesus. Peter also betrayed Jesus when just before the, the what is it called? Yeah, before the crucifixion, but before the something crowed. Help me. Rooster, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. You're not helping here, Justine and Karen. For the hand gekraaid. Right, so I think it's Andrew Andrew Sally says, even if you if you're a Christian for six months, you can disciple someone else. Okay. And that's where, I lead, where it leads to my fourth point. I always thought that discipling someone is like a heavy thing. I need a manual. I need a curriculum. There needs to be a program. And it's, yeah, I am. Type A personality teacher. It is, my fourth point, Justine, is it is not a heavy thing. It is a natural process. It is going out for coffee, sharing life together, 
And then at some stage, that person would ask you, so, yo, I struggle in my marriage. And then you can disciple that person in the area of marriage, for instance. So an example, he's not here this morning, but he won't mind using this as, a, as an example. So Egan, when he came to church, I think, help me Anita, it was before COVID or during COVID, before COVID. He came to, to church. Him and Tuania were still dating at the time. They were not even engaged. And she stayed here and he stayed in Woodstock. And so I met, we met them here at church. Obviously, I kind of saw that, okay, this is my type of guy. Or I could easily chat to him. And I heard of his situation, and then I said, hey, listen, Egan, we're not friends yet, but you're more than welcome to stay over at my place when you come and visit to an hour, so that there's not a temptation for him to, obviously, Woodstock is far away. And, and, and he did it. And through that, we started going out for coffee. We started meeting the four of us. We met together. And in that, me and Egan has a coffee once you. Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. So me and Egan, we meet not on a regular basis. There's not a schedule. There's not a calendar inv uh, invite uh, or appointment. There's just once every two weeks, once maybe every four weeks, we just meet together. He chat about his, about his life. I share what I'm going through. And in that, we just get chances, a chance to so I can, can disciple him. And that's as easy as that. It's not a project. People are not projects. It's a natural process. It's actually more just sharing life together. The fifth one. Discipleship and accountability goes hand in hand. The, re, uh, the thing that we need to grow as, um, uh, to grow, to be mature, to grow into maturity is accountability. Accountability helps you to get free from certain stuff. If you have an addiction, maybe smoking, maybe drinking, it's better to try and, and, and beat those stuff by having someone there. Ask that person, can, can you keep me accountable? I, 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 I want to quit smoking. It costs me a lot of money. Um, petrol prices. I can't buy cigarettes and petrol. I, I need petrol. I can't go to work on cigarettes, so I'm actually going to stop smoking now. I need you to, help, to hold me accountable. And it's, just, and it's just as simple as that. Bible says in James 5 verse 16, it says, confess your sins to one another. Confessing your sins means, hey, help me to get free from this thing. And also, we as people, all of us, and I'm including myself, we have blind spots. Blind spots a blind spot is something that you do that you don't know of, but other people can see it. And sometimes it's very clear, and sometimes it's not that clear. And we need discipleship to, to establish those stuff. Also, I'm going to pick on the comm leaders here. If you want your comm members, guys in your comm that you are responsible for, if you want to see them mature in Christ, you need to hold them accountable. But... Accountability only works in relationship. And I've written the next phrase, and I'm like, you can, make, you can change your Facebook status after, not now, after. I've written, yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of a revelation that I got while I was writing the preach. I've written here, accountability outside of relationship is called policing. 
We're not, we're not called to police people. We're not called to point fingers. We are called to help people. And so I won't go to Johan and say, Johan, you do this and this and this wrong if I don't have a relationship with Johan. And when I have a relationship, and it's a good relationship, Johan will accept those things. Accountability is not having a headmaster-student relationship. It's not like there's a distance between, like, because children are afraid of the headmaster, naturally, some of them, all right? But we, we should rather have a parent-child relationship. Also, not again, not referring like in a derogatory sense, but just Bible calls it that we are, we need to be born again. We, we're children and we need to grow up and we need to mature. So what does a parent do? A parent does train a child, does teach a child, but he gets on the floor and he plays with them first and he builds the relationship first and he establishes a trust so that when Clara comes to me with boyfriend issues, that she actually can come to me because there's a, and may that not be, but yeah. You get what I'm saying. Number six, look for fathers and mothers in the faith. And so I've written here that we should always seek to be discipled by someone that has gone through that thing in which you are going through right now. So for instance, if I can use the example of, of Clara becoming a teenager, I will go to people like Donnie, like Gary, like Tim. They've been through it. So I'm going to ask them, hey, what do I do here? How do I handle this situation? That is me going to be discipled by someone else. If you're starting up a business, go to somebody like Dani. If you find that, um, if, if, if you're a saint, go to, go to your calm leader. Your calm leader has been a saint before. If you're a calm leader, go to an elder or a deacon that has been a calm leader and hey, about your issues. There's no point in like me going to Tian for advice about my children. Of course, not yet, because they don't have children at the moment, right? So it's not a hierarchy type of thing, but just go to somebody that has already been through what you are about to go through or are, in, are going through. Number seven, have more than one person to disciple you. You don't have to make this an exclusive thing. Dani is my, he's discipling me, I'm only going to Dani. Dani doesn't know anything about what? Being a, co- uh, being a worship leader, Donnie, can you, can you sing? Okay. So for me, for instance, if I want uh, advice in my finances, I, I go to Donnie. If I want advice in ministry and how to handle certain stuff, I go to Roland. When I want advice in how to be uh, intimate with God, I go to Luke. You get what I'm saying? And, and so, so you can not use people, but like, God, as Donnie said during the, the prayer meeting this morning, he says, I'm not reflecting Jesus on my own. We are reflecting Jesus. Like Jesus is too big and too complicated to, for only one person to reflect him. The body of, of, of believers, we reflect Jesus, and each one has our own strength. So go to that person, identify, look over their shoulders, look at their reputation. And if that reputation is a good one, go to that person to be discipled by that person. All right, and then my last point, 
It's just a, um, a, a few do's and don'ts. Um, and I'm going to end off with this. I'm really going to go uh, through this very quickly. So the first, to those who are being discipled, three points. Obviously, goes without saying. Boys with boys and girls with girls. Me and Justine, we work very closely together with youth. I don't chat to her alone. We have a group. Me and Anita, Justine and Vaughn, because I want Vaughn to see what I'm sending his wife. Right? I don't want Vaughn to start distrusting me. Um, <clears throat> I want to guard my heart. I don't want to give the enemy even the slightest of, 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 of a foothold to, to bring division or bring anything that's, that's not good. The second one, be open and honest. There's no point in being discipled by that person, but you hide stuff away. Let there not be a shadow in your heart. Number eight, Tian will love this one. We need to be fed. We need to be fed. We need to be faithful and teachable. And we can't ever stop being teachable. We always, we should always be teachable. All right, and then to those who disciple others, I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven points here. I'm also going to do it very quickly. The first one is, don't let your voice be louder than God's voice. Rather, teach that person how to hear God for himself. Much more effective if God tells that person what to do than you tell that person what to do, even if it seems obvious. Next point Don't just assume what the person needs. Always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I've heard it said, I've heard it said that when you you go to someone, when you take someone out for coffee, always do that out of a place from being intimate with God. Spend time with God, even in the car as you drive there. Pray, God, what is in your heart for this person? I don't want to change this person. I want you to, to change this person. Number three, pray together. Number four, include the person in your life. When you go on an outreach, take that person with. When you go do evangelism in checkers, take that person with. Train them by, by actually by observing you as well. And then the next one, always remember, and this is one that I struggled with, <clears throat> and I have repented about this numerous times. We must always remember that the people are not ours. You're a calm leader. You're responsible for people. Those people are not your people. They belong to God. It is not God. It is not us doing the work and using God as a tool. It's God doing the work and using us. Other way around. I got that one completely wrong. I repented about that. Next point. Always have the person's the person that you disciples best interest at heart don't don't manipulate that person first of all and secondly there are there will be times where what you are going to have to teach that person is not lacquer to teach it's difficult maybe it's something maybe it's a something that that person do that that like a blind spot that person's destiny is much more important than your friendship much more important but do it gently. Bible says we must, we must be gentle. We must be patient. And what happens is, so I've, I've sat someone down and I had quite a few stuff to say. And then we just started chatting. And then that person mentioned, yeah, I know I struggle with this. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I'm like, 
Thank you, Jesus. I didn't have to tell him that. And so first pray about it. And ask. actually the best option is for, the, for God to reveal that. But sometimes we will have to speak. And then the last point. The last point is be patient. Don't be critical. Like I, I, can, I can, let me use my wife now. I'm not going to put anyone else on the spot. I can point out a lot of stuff that I would like to change in my wife. But it won't have no effect if I sit it down and I go through a list of seven points. That's just me being overly critical. Be patient. Trust the Lord to do the work in that person. All right. Yeah, so, so the response that I feel, I'm not going to ask anyone to the front. I just want to pray over you because I do believe that all of us can do better in this area. And this is not a heavy word. It's not a word like, it's not a, you don't have to feel bad if you're not good in it. Just go and be better. Just go and approach someone. If you, if you maybe, if you thought that oh, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to approach me, just just stop waiting and go. Even even as you get send a message. All right, start start by just building a relationship with someone. So can I can I pray for us? Okay, close your eyes. Now, Father, we we thank you this morning, Father God, um, and we want to say, Lord Jesus, that that we we're not building this relationships for us, Father God. We're building this relationship. Because we want to glorify you and we want to be a church and a body that reflects you well, Father. Lord, I'm, I, can't, I cannot reflect you to the world, Lord. I'm not that good. But together, Father God, each one putting our strengths together, we can reflect you. And Jesus, that's, that's why we want to draw close to each other. We don't want to disciple people just for discipling people, just for wanting them to, or, or to see them more mature we want to first of all like you said Jesus we want to be together we want to be together Father we want to have a relationship Father we, we want when there's a crisis in our life that we would phone our church family when we move or we, we lost our job or our children needs a lift somewhere we want to first our natural instinct must be just my church family can help me out. We want to be as close-knitted together like that, Father. And so I pray for everyone, Father God, for those maybe thinking that discipling, I need to be discipled, but I'm going to sit and wait for somebody else to approach me. Father, I pray that you will give them the courage and the boldness to, to go and just be front-footed, Lord, up front. Father, I also want to pray for those who maybe felt like, oh, I'm too immature to disciple someone else, or what curriculum would I use? Father, your Holy Spirit and your word is enough, Lord. Your word is enough, Lord. And it's amazing what you can do in the Spirit through us. We don't have, Lord, you used fishermen to preach the gospel and 3,000 people get saved. Fishermen, not, the, not, not academics. Oh, so, Father, help us in this week as we continue, as we build together. Father, we have Luke who's coming for dinner. Lord, even in that, we pray that, that you will build relationships and that you will um, yeah, just draw us closer and knit us together. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Andre.
It's a powerful, brilliant, practical message this morning. And uh, maybe with our heads bowed, let's not end up in, in prayer just there quickly. With our, with our heads bowed, if you're sitting here this morning and uh, you've never been discipled, you don't know what it is to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you've heard the message this morning. You said, but I want that. I want that. Maybe it's just the Holy Spirit stirring you this morning to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. So if there's anyone here this morning that have never accepted Jesus, to say to Jesus, Jesus, I want to accept you into my life, into my heart, so that I can be set free and so that I can be discipled to do what you have called me to do. Because at this moment, my life is broken. And only you can heal it. Is there anybody here this morning that have never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And this morning, say, I want this morning, I feel God is calling me. God is calling me to accept Jesus. Is there anybody with our heads bowed? Is there anybody? Just want to, you can just put up your hand and put it down again. I'd love to pray for you afterwards. Anybody? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, th- th- thank you for the practical word. Powerful word. Thank you for putting the ice skates on our feet this morning. And equipping us to start to skate, Lord. And to start to do, to do things that we haven't done before. And to guide us and to lead us. And to teach us how to be open are to be teachable so that we can be discipled and so that you can be glorified. We pray that in your precious name. Amen.